The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's Brick House. Just ate my salad and my greens and my fruit. Mm-hmm. Just had breakfast this morning. Put it in a put in a little smoothie, just a scoop of it, and I don't have to have any vegetables today. It's your hall pass. It is the hall pass to escape. And it's salad. not like a. It's not bogus. It's like the real deal. Yeah, I mean it's true. It's, it's not supplements. Yeah. It's the real food. The real food, and you know you get all the stuff that you need out of fruits and vegetables uh, from Brickhouse Nutrition. It's called Field of Greens. Uh, and you put that in, you, you deal with it once a day. Yep. And the good thing is it actually tastes good. So it's not like, it's not a chore, uh, but you get out of the way, the actual chore of eating a real salad. <laughs> I'm so happy that I can say to my wife, nope, not going to have any of those. Nope. Already had them. Already had them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it now. BrickhouseGlenn.com. Use the promo code, get 15% off your first order. Don't eat a salad ever again in your life if you don't want to. And be healthy. It's uh, BrickhouseGlenn.com. Experience the better you. Tomorrow, BrickHouseGlenn.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So, do you remember the hand-wringing? Do you remember the wailing, the doomsday scenarios forecasted by the left during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation circus? He is going to end women's rights. In fact, he might end up killing all women. Do you remember the protesters that were dressed like women from The Handmaid's Tale? The hysteria. It all came down to one issue. The left was scared out of its collective mind that Brett Kavanaugh would somehow single-handedly overturn Roe versus Wade and force women into the dark ages and bootleg abortions. This monster was going to destroy all women's rights. And then... A little something of interest to the pro-abortion crowd came down from the Supreme Court yesterday. We begin there, right now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so uh, we are, um, uh, we've changed the way we're doing our show a bit, and we've tried to clear out all of the, uh, the, the other commercials, and that way we don't have to you know, uh, leave each other for any period of time in the, in the first half hour of, uh, every hour of the show. And so our sponsor of this half hour is uh, relief factor. And we're thrilled that relief factor is a sponsor. They've been a sponsor on the blaze for a very long time and people were taking it. And I just don't, I don't, I don't, it, am I, is it just me? But I don't believe in like natural medicine. People are like, oh, the Chinese. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Get me some rhino horns and we'll ground them up and snort them and it won't do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. Right. Um, right. But so, I mean, this is uh, it's had a change in you. It's worked for you, at least. Yes. I know that. I mean, you're much more jolly uh, this this Christmas that's than a last fat joke, Christmas. I think. I think it's that's definitely a fat joke. partially a fat joke, yes. but it has nothing, that has nothing to do with relief factor. Right. Um, however, <laughs> right. your happiness seems to be has gone up yes and it's because i'm out of pain i didn't take this for a long time and i got to the end of my rope last christmas and my wife said to me honey just try relief factor just try it people at work take it and they say it works and i'm like ah it's not gonna work for me it's all natural it's like have a salad like that's gonna work uh so so anyway Last year, I was just at the end of my rope. I took it for three weeks because that's what they recommend. They say, take it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, stop taking it. If it does, you'll order again. And at the end of three weeks, I ordered again. 70% of the people who take it order again because it works. 
Try the three-week quick start. Get out of pain and get your life back. Go to relieffactor.com. All 100% natural. It, it, it reduces the inflammation in our body, and that's really a problem. I mean, that's for you know cancer and, and you know pain and everything else that's wrong with us. Inflammation. Uh, it's relieffactor.com. Go there now, relieffactor.com. So, um, so the abortion thing yesterday, Supreme Court, the court dealt a blow to conservatives. Wait a minute. I thought Kavanaugh was the Antichrist. It seems like we should have been the ones freaking out. Now, there were several conservatives, us included, that said, wait a minute, this guy was not on the list. Wait a minute. This guy could be another Justice Thomas. Uh, 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 or, uh, um, not Thomas, but, uh, no, the other guy that overturned oh, Roberts. Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be another justice Roberts. And why is he added all of a sudden? He wasn't on anybody's list. They're freaking out. We are all like, Oh, we gotta have him now. I, well, uh, I'm not sure he, I mean, he teaches with Jesuits. I'm not sure he's a real conservative. Well, the two part there's two parts to this. One is you're right. You know the, the the list that got Donald Trump elected did not have Brett Kavanaugh's name on it. Correct. It was added after he was in office. Mm-hmm. There are still 20 names on the original list that are not Supreme Court justices. Why did the list need to be expanded? I, I don't understand it. There were real reasons why Kavanaugh was on not on that first list, and the Obamacare decision he was involved in was a big part of that. The second. Uh, unrelated issue here is Brett Kavanaugh is absolutely a qualified justice and the attacks against him were absolutely unfair. Correct. So, I mean, it was completely fine, I think, for once he was nominated to say he is qualified and it is the president's decision. And and I understand all that, but he should not have been on the list. There's 20 people still on the original list that were never named to, to, to be nominated as a Supreme Court justice. There was no reason to go off that list. The list is the big reason why Donald Trump was elected. We get hundreds of calls over the election of people yep. saying, look, I, you know, I don't I don't like X, Y and Z about Donald Trump. But you know what? That Supreme Court list makes me confident and we're going to have Supreme Court justices. We have to get good ones. And it's a logical argument. But why the fact that no one paid any attention? Because Gorsuch was on the first list, and he's been great, and he was right in this case. So here we go. Uh, so um, the conservatives were hoping to challenge the individual state funding of Planned Parenthood. Six to three vote. Court decided not to review the lower court decisions that blocked the states of Kansas and Louisiana from preventing Planned Parenthood from receiving Medicaid funding. To accept the case, the court needed four justices to vote in favor. Now, to be clear, Medicaid funding in question does not directly involve abortions. Federal law already prohibits using Medicaid to fund abortions, but it's going to Planned Parenthood. Predictably, the court's four progressive justices voted against hearing the appeals. Let the money go to Planned Parenthood. I think also somewhat predictably, the court's chameleon conservative John Roberts voted with the progressives. But wouldn't you know it, the sixth vote against hearing the case came from Brett Kavanaugh. In his dissent, Justice Thomas wrote that the cases in question were not about abortion rights. He said, what explains the court's refusal to do its job here? 
I suppose it has something to do with the fact that some responses, respondents in these cases are named Planned Parenthood. Some tenuous connection to a politically fraught issue does not justify abdicating our judicial duty, end quote. Justice Roberts, I'm sure, did this because he just wants everybody to get along. He just wants to save the integrity of the Supreme Court while what? Destroying it? The point is not that Brett Kavanaugh is suddenly pro-abortion or a Planned Parenthood supporter. It's that he's already showing himself to be kind the kind of justice some of us thought he would be. Someone who, like John Roberts, might lean conservative sometimes, but won't always side with the usual conservative block, especially when it comes to things like life. In other words, the left, the left was positive. The sky was falling that women are just going to be abused. And this is the linchpin on uh, uh, Planned Parenthood and abortion. Yeah, the sky wasn't falling. It appears it was an acorn. All right. Uh, Let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's a say anything. It's a it's a new game out. It's actually it's not new. It's been, we've been playing it in our family for a while. Say anything is this great game. Uh, and the first few times I played this, and this happens every time, but the first few times I played this, it was incredible because you would you would learn something about your kids because the game encourages you to say anything. And it's when you play the game the first time, you'll understand. You will see your kids and the way they think, and it is really amazing because you sit there afterwards you and your wife or you and your husband will go did you did you catch that it's it's amazing it's a great way to get the family talking and laughing it's called say anything it's a lot of fun to play brilliant at showing people's different perspective and how they think and it's a game that really kind of stays with you and it's a genuine connection with the family so if you're looking for fun this holiday give this game it's say anything Sparks funny and thoughtful conversations every time, and you can get it now at Target. It's in a new white box. It's in the toy section. Ask for it by name. Say anything. Find it at Target now. It's called Say Anything. All right, so... uh Hello, Stu. How are you? Pretty well, Glenn. How are you? Good. I was I was thrilled to see how many people uh, have been writing in and tweeting and Facebook posting how they are how they're joining. You know, it was uh, Tyler Perry, uh, like Chris Rock, and, Kid, Kid Rock, Kid Rock, mm-hmm. Kid Rock, and me uh, that went out and we did our local uh, Walmart and took care of all of the layaways, and it was such a cool thing. And I still challenge people in, in my position to go out and do something amazing because it's really what's great is it's not only good for you, but it's spreading. I had so much mail yesterday from people who said I went and did this with my family and I just we only had, you know, $50 or we had $100 or we had $25 and it was so cool to do. So engage in that 
Uh, now, there's there's also a couple of things that I I, I don't know if I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, we have 13 percent of Americans will boycott Christmas spending. 13 percent still boycott Christmas spending. Yeah, they say that they do not want to be a part of this this whole commercialization. So they're not going to spend any money for the holiday season. 13%. That's pretty high. Allow me to uh, roll my eyes a little harder at that one. Uh, because you know what? First of all, it, it's not going to be 13%. 13% of people are not. Uh, that's just not true. Secondly, we why do we vilify commercialism so much? What's so wrong? What's so bad about it? What's so bad about having cool toys and fun parts? It's not. It can't be the whole holiday. And if it's the whole holiday, then you're right. You're doing it wrong. But it was a great part of my childhood. I loved getting cool things for Christmas. My kids like doing it too. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with materialism. It's it's like it's it's like this weird like. And I know this isn't the way you're thinking about it, but I feel like a lot of conservatives have adopted what is essentially an anti-capitalism liberal argument, which is like, oh well, we you know buying things makes it nasty and 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 dirty, and you're sullying uh, this this season. By getting involved in commercialism. Commercialism is fine. There's nothing wrong with capitalism and, con- and conservatism and commerce. They're all pretty darn great. And, you know, the fact is, if you let it become all about gifts, 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 yeah, you're, you're doing it wrong. That's not the whole thing, but it is so, part of it, and that's okay. So I agree with you. I agree with you. you. Do, I, no, you do, I, I didn't think you would. Yeah, because I don't, it is not about the gifts. It's, 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 it's. It's how you embrace that. It's uh, if you're making, for instance, I have grown to really not like the month of December um, because it has become about I have to go do this. We have to go do that. We have to do this. We have to do this. Did you get the cards out? Mm -hmm. Everybody's expecting this. Did you get the presents for the people that you really don't even know? And you and you <laughs> have you sent those out and don't forget all the parties got to do this mm-hmm. and the parties and mm-hmm. all of this crap. It, that's not what this holiday is about. We've we've made this the most stressful month ever instead of just making this the coolest month ever. Just go and just be with people and help people and and give people presents. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. And I think. You're arguing against being overscheduled, which I find no, and also and well. also just making it about stuff, right? But like a card is not about stuff, right? A card is an acknowledgement to someone else. Hey, I'm thinking about you in this time of year, right? Like that's, but that is a task. It winds up being a task because you want to make sure you get it to everybody, yes. and it it doesn't feel like it's supposed to. That's supposed to be a nice gesture. Right. That's not about like, oh, here's something they're going to they're getting some cool commercial gift. Yes, you're buying the card and you could theoretically make the card, but that's all about a message. Right. To someone that you supposedly like. But but how many times are you getting cards from people like, for instance, I get a Christmas card last few years. I've gotten a Christmas card from Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn doesn't think of me in the holidays. He's not thinking of me. You know what I mean? I don't know how I got on his Christmas card list, but I got onto his Christmas card list and I get a Christmas card from him. First of all, that's pretty cool. No, it's cool. It is cool, but (laughs) it's like he's not thinking about me. He's like, you know... You know, pal, it's been another year. No, that and that's what I mean. It becomes a task. Correct. You know, my uh, my wife is a classic um, 
she loves Christmas and she's a classic overscheduler, I would say, in Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, so she signs up for every Christmas tradition and she signs up for every, you know, the kids are in every, you know, little Christmas thing. And then every year we get here and she's like, oh, next year we're not doing X, Y, and Z because it's too much. And it's true. We run around like crazy. Though I do love those things. I do like going to those little traditional events and I like, you know, a lot of it's just like going to see people and doing things that you wouldn't normally do the rest of the year. And, you know, we have two little kids, so they're in like 9,475 Christmas specials that we go to. Uh, and then there's multiple showings of those. So we're about 15,000, 20,000 of those. But I mean, again, like you don't trade those things like you want to well, go do them. I, I feel yeah, like I don't know. I'm kind of glad that Cheyenne's not in ballet this year. Right? <laughs> I don't have to sit through the damn nutcracker twice. <laughs> I just I think because it gets stressful because you're just adding it on to work right it, and at times it feels like a job like i was on vacation last week and i i feel like i was running around more than any normal work week you're running around to events and picking kids up and you're shuttling to the other thing and then you got to make sure you get there on time because if you're late you know you know you, you'll miss it and then you just feel like you're you've just adopted a new full-time job for the month but that's not capitalism's fault that is not capitalism's fault. Commercialism is is a part of Christmas, and I don't. I really don't think it's a bad part of Christmas. I think it's great. I you know I like going to I like going and doing the shopping and giving people gifts that they don't you know that that you you got to come up with and pick out and especially with your kids like the stuff that you're able to get them. I mean, yeah, no, it's, it, no, it, it can't you're be right. your only priority. I think is, right. is a better way of stating. I it. tell this story. I've told this story before, so I apologize, but. There was one year that we hit it, the first year that we really hit it. And I grew up in a family that, I mean, I got one present one year. And, you know, we we struggled as a family. And I always wanted to do Christmas for my kids big. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And so I did. We hit it big one year. I can't remember this. I remember this year. Yeah, the, the presents. I mean, I really, honest <laughs> to God, I went out and I bought everything i've ever wanted to get my kids and my wife for christmas i mean everything the presents the presents were like you, you can't even see the tree basically you couldn't see the tree you really couldn't see half of the tree and uh and it was the most empty and hollow christmas we've ever had none of us recall that as a good christmas and we got everything we wanted yeah it's not it's not about that it's a priority setting issue yeah right i mean you have to have the more important things or it's not you're not doing it right. But the fact that you get the little, it's like, you know, someone who is in shape might tell you, um, you know, eating nonstop ice cream buffets is not the proper diet. Shut up. But a little ice cream at the end of a meal can be, can be great. Yeah. It's, it's balance in everything. That's all it is. It's just balance. We swing from one side to the other and we swing so far. It's it, the pendulum when it's in the middle is usually the right thing. You know, an all-ice cream diet is not good. Ice cream occasionally is good. You know, a, let's just say a, a lifestyle where you've never worked out a day in your life, mm. in the end, is not good. I This was a weird... I don't know. I'm still working on that and convincing myself, <laughs> and I can't really... Pull it off. A yet. little heroin is a not is, heroin is okay, but is if you're fine. doing it all the time, I mean, it just shakes up your holiday season. Exactly right. So last <laughs> night we finished the tree. If you were listening yesterday, I was I was abandoned at the tree. Mm-hmm. Okay, on Sunday, 
uh, because uh, I was I was decorating it the way my mother dec- you know you kind of you are just who you grew up as and uh, you don't really realize it and pretty soon I found myself as the only one decorating the tree <laughs> and I was like hey what what happened well, how come is it me and my wife from the kitchen said yep it's you and it was because i'm really ocd i'm just so ocd on things uh and the tree and so i was doing it like my mother used to which was you know okay kids you put the big things to block the hollow parts of the tree and you know blah 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 Real blah. planning process you had planning and it did, was not fun and so last night we decorated the tree and i i let it go and uh it was it was it was it was fun it was fun it was i actually and did enjoy it it was very difficult once i sat down because i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't stop and then i realized what i think it is we have a fake tree mm-hmm. and fake trees because we we have uh when we got a when we spent our christmas up at the ranch in the mountains we get a real tree in texas you don't want a real tree. You don't want a tree. First of all, you have to mortgage your house to get a real tree. Uh, and uh, and second of all, it's like a you know it's like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. All the needles just fall off the minute the, the minute the clock strikes twelve. All the needles fall off because they've been dead for so long. Anyway, uh, so we have a real tree when we celebrate Christmas up at the up at the ranch because we could just go out and cut one. I'm not like that at the ranch. I'm not like that at the ranch because the tree is imperfect. The tree is just like I sat down on the couch and I looked at this damn tree and I thought, how did I ever like this tree? It's like a perfect cone. And I realized it it, was that's not what a Christmas tree is supposed to look like. It is supposed to just be like, you know, the handmade stuff and the stuff and it's just kind of imperfect. I mean, so much of it is tradition, right? Did you grow up with all real trees? Uh, I didn't. You, you had fake trees? We had fake trees. Really? Fake trees. That's surprising coming from you. I know. Because I love the fake trees, man. They're so much easier. They are. And that's so where I got, better. but I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem as authentic. Maybe. I don't know. No, it's true. You're trading convenience yes, for you are. authenticity. You, you uh, are. I, I'm you not are. always opposed to that trade, however. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. Not always. Not always. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I want to thank Simply Safe for being a sponsor of ours. Incredibly easy to keep your family safe this holiday season and keep those presents under that uh, under that tree. Um, you really shouldn't put this off this holiday season. You're going to be surprised at how inexpensive it is to secure your home. And Simply Safe will even stop the Grinch. That's a part of their guarantee. Really? No. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't. I was going to say. I. They should. They should adopt it, though. It's a good. That's right. Because if we could stop the Grinch, the, the, obviously the the alarms would go off with Santa as well, and that wouldn't necessarily be good. No, thing. Santa's much, oh, yeah. much, much more. Anyway, sly. Simply Safe is not Santa proof, but all the bad guys, it is. You don't have to pay the middleman. You don't have to schedule the six-hour installation window. You own the system. There's no contracts, and it's fourteen dollars and ninety-nine cents a month. Keep your family safe. Keep the stuff that you own with you. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Get their special offer for the holidays. It's simplysafebeck.com. 
All right. Uh, coming up, the sound of music. The sound of music is, um, well, has Nazis in it and people are offended. All right. So welcome to the uh, program. This is the Glenn Beck program. I'm Glenn Beck. Uh, Stu is with us. And also we welcome uh, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, a uh, podcast that you can download wherever you download your podcast every day and also listen to it live every morning on the Blaze Radio Network. Um, what time would that be? What, uh, like, when would I tune in for that? Don't have any idea. I've never no? listened to it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Pat, uh, try this on for size, and then I want to I want to hear what you have to talk about. But I, I just, what is the sound of music about? Uh, it's about fleeing the Nazis. It's about fleeing the Nazis. Okay, mm-hmm. so listen. LaGuardia High School's most recent production of the Sound of Music was missing some notable and uh, pertinent props. Uh, Nazi paraphernalia. Uh, the the um, Daily News has reported that all of the Nazi stuff sparked furor uh, uh, among the uh, students and the parents. And so the school opted to tweak the musical to cut the Nazi parts out. Hmm. So what is it about a so, singing family? Yeah. <laughs> right. Singing, <laughs> fleeing family. Yeah. They're just well, running from something. Maybe they don't know what. Maybe Christmas commercialism. Oh, my gosh. That's probably mm-hmm. uh-huh. it. Christmas itself because it's so oppressive. <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you have left? What do you have left? Nothing. And this is a historic tale. Mm-hmm. How can you possibly be offended? Yeah, it's a somewhat true story. It's based on a true story. Yeah, based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, also, may I just uh, point out that the Nazis are the bad guys, and they lose. I mean, how is this a bad thing? How can you possibly be offended? So weird. It's almost like you're a Nazi. I don't like this. They escaped. (laughs) What is the problem? It's all upside down. Yeah, there is no recognition of truth at all Mm. anymore. None. That's exactly what uh, what I've been talking about this morning, too, with this uh, Stephen Curry thing. You know, you probably don't know who he is, but he's uh, one of the best players in the world. Uh, NBA superstar. Um, he was on a podcast the other day with a group of five other people, four or five others. And uh, it came up. The question came up there. They were just talking about conspiracies and and things that they believe. And uh, somebody asked in the room, we ever been to the moon? Everyone in the room said no, including Curry, who said, I don't think so either. Um, no, but were they joking? No, they were not joking. The, the, he was asked, are you, now, are you serious? He said, yeah, he's, he's serious. I mean, here's uh, a, a successful college-educated 30-year-old man who makes $37 million a year, and he doesn't believe we went to the moon. The moon landing was fake. So here is I invite him to go to NASA um, in Houston. Uh, here is the here's the interesting thing. Um, do you remember in 2006 I was on CNN and I said the current number of people that believe we went to the moon is eight percent. I thought it was six, but you, was it six? I believe six. we did go six. to the moon. Didn't yeah. go to the moon. Six percent was six percent. 
And I said, that number is going and out because I was talking about conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and how, for instance, George Bush blew up the levees. I don't even know if that was the right time frame, but they were talking about, you know, the 9-11 conspiracy and everything else. And I said, if we don't, if the government and people involved don't state the facts and become very, very transparent, we are going to start to lose all of it. And you will see in the next 10 years, this number double. Well, I think it's at 13%. The last number I saw was at 13%. Have I'll bet it's any? higher than that now. I bet, bet it is. is I bet it is. It, it, there's a lot of people who don't believe it. You know, if you, you want to suspend reason for a second and just think, okay, well, let's go with that theory. What would have to happen in order for the moon landing to be faked? Uh, you really would have had to kill every one of the astronauts, right? Because you can't trust them for the next 50 years. They're going to keep it to themselves. Uh, it, hundreds of people hundreds in the production. In the production. Hundreds. Cameramen, support people. Set designers. Uh, set designers. Everybody. The idea people, the people at NASA. Uh, they'd all the government. Have to go. They'd all have to go. Government officials who were in on it. The president. I mean, you're talking hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people would have to be killed to keep that a secret. Then the other thing you're also assuming is that the Soviet Union was in on it. Okay, hang on just a second. You also you also have to uh, uh, say that uh, all of the people that watched the launches in person, yeah, unless yes. they're saying we just unless launched you, yeah, empty into rockets space. into space and then we picked it up on a on the you know floor of a of a stage someplace, right, right. I mean, it just doesn't uh, make it. It's, it's no. crazy. All these things crazy. are nuts. But, the, you know, it's, it's about the Internet, right? I mean, the Internet now has plausible-looking documentaries and things that seem smart. And, you know, this is how mm-hmm. these conspiracy theories grow. To your point here, Glenn, the poll I think we were referring to back in the day, it was a Gallup poll in 1999 was taken. 6% of Americans doubted the Apollo 11 moon landing happened. Uh, now, uh, two th- uh, a uh, <laughs> this is amazing, 2009... A poll held by by the United Kingdom's Engineering and Technology magazine found that 25% of those surveyed did not meet, believe that men... 25? Now, that's in the UK. Okay. And, but um, still, that's still. unreal. That is unreal. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if wow. you had... Wow. Think, think of this. Think of this. Just write a fiction book with me here for just a second. AI comes in, takes over the world. The only thing that you can do to save the world, save humanity, if you can get away with it, is to put a universal EMP so it fries every circuit, okay? Mm -hmm. But the getting there has been so traumatic, and you also lose, if you did a global EMP, you will probably lose anywhere from 50 to 90% of the world's population in the first year. In any industrialized Mm -hmm. nation, it'll be 90%, okay? So the traumatic experience would just be forever lasting you lose all of that information you lose all of the digital records of everything you lose all machinery because everything is there's not a plane that is even flying if you don't restart it right away you fall into a time of darkness that in 50 years 50 years maybe no one believes man could even fly Nobody believes in modern medicine. Nobody believes in an x-ray machine. Mm -hmm. Nobody believes in any of this stuff. Those are all fairy tales, especially 
if somebody who was trying to control the collective and was an anti-capitalist took over, they would discredit everything and they would teach it in schools. You are 50 years away from all of this being denied. Easily. Easily. And maybe less than that, because look, all of that stuff still exists. We have all the technology available to us and you still got these kinds of inroads being made with the disbelief <clears throat> so let me ask you this <clears throat> the um uh the nsa said that they believe by 2020 deep fakes are going to start playing a significant role in our society meaning the 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 next presidential campaign you're going to see actual video that looks like Donald of Trump or, candidate doing or something wrong. some other candidate doing something wrong. And you will you your eyes will not be able to tell you the truth. OK, mm-hmm. that's only going to get worse. You start taking video and you make video so it looks real. You can convince that we never went to the moon mm-hmm. in a year, in a year. Because there is nothing credible anymore. The president is incredible. Congress is incredible. Incredi- uh, Academia press. is incredible. The press is incredible. None of, nobody is credible anymore. Nobody. And no matter how hard you try to be credible, you're, you're not going to be credible. I mean, it really shows. You've got to be very careful with your credibility. But, but tell me the institution. That people have faith in? Yeah. I mean, I mean military. Not even, military, probably the most mm-hmm. solid in society. Certainly elements that don't have uh, faith in that. But, Correct. Uh, you know, there's the police still do okay on these polls, but they're not, you know. Maybe your church. But Maybe. all of those things, all of those things are coming undone. I mean, you just don't have a civilization with that. It's why, you know, I just read another story. Uh, the headline today on Brexit said, uh, Theresa May, uh, non-ending chaos for Britain. Chaos. Mm. Chaos. We can't do anything to add to chaos. We have to really concentrate on doing the things that bring people together that are real tangible simple you know just simple truths and unfortunately we're going the opposite direction the opposite way. When, when you look at what's going on in europe when you look at what's going on with brexit in england and france now here, spreading to be, belgium and here. the netherlands and here wouldn't you be infuriated if you were in in great britain and you voted for brexit oh. and they're playing with it like oh this? my gosh I'm, oh, crazy. I'm surprised it's not i mean i'm surprised it doesn't oh, look yeah. like paris oh, right i am now. too but i am it too. may if this if this keeps falls going, through if it falls through it may it may i would be i would be beside well no wait hang on just a second why aren't we out on the streets about the border wall yeah well, I mean, I never believed the border. I mean, Pat and I said we would eat our underwear if we beat 90% of the border. Well, <laughs> Why aren't we out in the street? Because of Obamacare. Repeal of Obamacare. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, be. look at how many times we have spoken clearly. And did you see the Senate just proposed, now that they can't pass it, but, a $25 billion bill for the wall, but to the, build the wall in its entirety. It's like, okay, why didn't you do that last year? Right. <laughs> no, what, what, what do you mean why they can't pass it? Well, they can't pass it now with the House going to the Democrats. There's no way. And I think they know that, and that's right. why they've now But they should have, yes. 
But if you want any credibility, you have to pass it in the House yeah. and then get it to the Senate before the end of the year. I know you won't. They won't. But it's it, it, that's what you do. This we're done with these games of oh well we we did it. No, you didn't. Well, we need the majority in order to to pass this kind of. Yeah, you had that. You had it. That's you not going to work it. on us. You, no, you have no credibility. They're trying to claim now. Oh, we've we've repaired some of the existing wall. Shut so up. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, Shut up. But uh, I mean, go to uh, you know Brexit though. It wasn't like Obamacare repeal. Obamacare repeal was a proposal that one party offered. Right. Yes. This was something that passed. The people voted. Yeah, this is voted this. This it. happened. Yeah. Right. It's like if that they was passed. direct democracy, and and it won. And it won. And now I'd be. And they're pissed. just like, yeah, I don't know if we're yeah. really going to do that. You guys aren't that smart. We we don't think you really want it. We're going to do something else. That would be. I we mean, know better than you do. Yeah. That won't be good for us. So we're going to do something else. That's really it's, it's bad. It's bad. It is really really bad. All right, Pat. Thanks so much. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, X Chair. Um, we are grateful to uh, to X Chair for saving our backs. Yes, it's actually comfortable to sit in this seat. It's already difficult enough to deal with you on a daily basis. Wait I don't want to be Why are you making this about me? I don't even don't, I don't understand. Oh, I'm not making it about the chair. Why I mean, is everything you about talk you? About it, I've got a I've got a pain in the ass, and it's about you. <laughs> and X Chair can't solve that one. No. X Chair launching a brand new model. For a limited time, available only to this audience at xchairbeck.com. Uh, the Super X chairs have all kinds of adjustments. Uh, you, I mean, oh, they're, they're all, you there's dial a, in absolutely everything. I don't even know how to use this. The chair is smarter than I yeah, am. It's comfortable honestly. just sitting in it. But yeah. honestly, like if you actually learn how to use all the features, you it can do pretty really, much anything. Yeah. It would be really good. <laughs> anyway, um, what they've done is they have taken some of the adjustments and paired them back and now made it much more affordable. It's the X basic, the X basic still has the dynamic variable lumbar. Uh, so you get the height adjustment, you get, you get all of the, the, the real important basics and it's at a great price. Holidays are here. Want to remind you a X chair makes a perfect gift for hardworking employees or your spouse X chair or maybe for yourself. It's on sale for $100 off now. Go to xchairbeck.com. That's the letter X, chairbeck.com, or call 844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR comes 30-day, no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction. If you use the promo code BECK, you're also going to get a free footrest as well. That's xchairbeck.com. You know, we're talking about... uh, uh, talking about who has any credibility, you know, with the stuff going back and forth with Trump, are you paying attention to that as much as you would have in the past, Stu? I mean, I just feel like there's so many rumors and leaks. I'm just going to wait for the freaking reports right? to come out and we'll judge it then. Right. You know, I mean, I really, and especially when Michael Cohen's involved, I mean, he was complete. He had no credibility long before he started turning on Trump. He's never in his life had any credibility. So when he's making an accusation, I'm immediately dismissive of it. I was dismissive of it back in the day when he was saying Trump had the greatest golf courses in the universe, mm-hmm. and I'm dismissive of it now because he has zero credibility. And and, and, uh, and the media all knew this until right. he turned against Trump, and now they all love him. And I am dismissive of of the media because it's always the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. I am dismissive of Donald Trump because oh, I didn't have anything to do with paying those women off. I didn't even know about it. Now, of course I knew about it, but it wasn't illegal. Come on, man. Yeah. Need some credibility. So there's nobody with any credibility on this. 
So I was interested to see um, Andy McCarthy's take on this, where he says that Trump is going to be indicted. Now, Andrew McCarthy is big supporter, of big Trump. supporter yeah. of Trump. Um, and he says this is the the indictment of Cohen. He said speaks volumes. And he said, I think he's going to be indicted for a felony. Yeah, he comes from the you know the background of investigating and he's seen a he's million a, of a, these indictments. And he he's he, a federal he's a, uh, a, a prosecutor? federal prosecutor. Yeah. And was big on all the terrorism in cases. New York. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, this guy. And he he's saying a lot of it because of the way it's worded, the mm-hmm. way they're structuring it. They're signaling what they're going to do. And it's it's interesting. It doesn't mean that Donald Trump did anything wrong or not. It's just the fact that what they're actually the way they design the document says they're coming after him right so andrew mccarthy i think has some credibility uh and a uh, and an opinion worth listening to and he is coming up next what what is uh what are those who are after donald trump actually planning to do this coming year andrew mccarthy next got a great hour coming up for you um, just around the corner. Yep. Our, our sponsor here is uh, Unplanned. Uh, Abby Johnson was uh, not only a woman who had two abortions, she worked for Planned Parenthood for years. This is an amazing story. Abby, um, we know Abby. Yeah, we know Abby, right? Yeah. Um, she uh, she was a staunch supporter of abortion, uh, so much so that even her mother and husband couldn't get her to think differently. Uh, she rose quickly throughout the ranks, uh, became a director of the clinic. But that changed one day when she was called into a room where an abortion was taking place. And she really had an experience that changed her life. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and she hasn't, she hasn't been the same. Now she's one of the biggest outspoken, um, opponents, foes, opponents yeah. of abortion and Planned Parenthood. It's a new movie, uh, that has been made. It's called unplanned film. Go to unplannedfilm.com, unplannedfilm.com, uh, find the movie, read Abby's story, check out the videos and lend your support. It's unplannedfilm.com, unplannedfilm.com. I'm excited to see this one. That's uh, that's an amazing story. Unplannedfilm.com is a place to go. Radio show starts here in just a second. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So I don't know about anybody else, and it's partly the holidays. It's also partly because who has credibility on anything anymore? I, this this Trump uh, Mueller debacle. Who do you trust? Cohen. Who do you trust? Mueller. Trump. What's really happening? Well, there is one guy that I trust, Andy McCarthy. He's a contributing editor of the National Review, uh, and he is a former federal prosecutor in New York. And he came out, and he's a Trump supporter, and he said, yes, reading what they're putting out, and I worked in those offices, I wrote those kinds of things, and I'm telling you, they're going to indict the president. And it's a felony. But it also, there's more to this story. And so we are going to talk to Andy McCarthy in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
All right, we have uh, changed the way we do the show a little bit so we have more time that we can uh, spend together. So we just uh, stop for a real quick second and uh, tell you about our commercial. You're, you're never more than 30 seconds away from the show in the first half hour of every hour. And, uh, and thank you to our sponsors for, uh, for allowing us to do this. Blinds.com is a, is a sponsor of ours. They've been a sponsor of ours for a long time. They've changed the look of my home. Uh, they have changed the look of the bedroom in my home. I just did this for our anniversary, I think, a year or two ago. And it just completely transforms the room. Stu has uh, put in uh, shutters in his home through blinds.com. Yeah. And and the best thing is, they told him, eh, you're spending too much money. It's not worth it. Yeah, they said they actually recommended a different type that looks just as good and it's just as solid, but, you know, cost me a lot less, which was nice. Yeah. I get to look classy for less. <laughs> so which is hard. You to never make really me look classy. classy. No. Our house does, um, at least. <laughs> all right. The easiest way and the most affordable way to do a makeover on your house is just doing the window treatments. And Blinds.com is there to help. Every order gets free samples, free shipping, free online design consultation. Uh, they have an award-winning Texas-based design consultant that's going to answer all your questions over phone. They can live chat with you. They can, uh, you know, uh, email. They can, you can just send them pictures. You can FaceTime, whatever you need. With more than 25 years in business and over 15 million windows covered, including mine, you're choosing the number one online retailer of custom window coverings, when you choose Blinds.com. And now through December 25th, Blinds has an incredible holiday deal. You'll get an additional 10% off with the promo code BECK right now. Huge holiday savings. Use the promo code BECK and get an additional 10% off. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, we have uh, Andrew McCarthy uh, on with us, contributing editor of the uh, National Review. Andy, I was, you are one of the only voices that have penetrated my world when it comes to uh, what's happening with the Trump investigation, because you have credibility, and uh, I know that you're a Trump supporter, so you don't have an axe to grind, and so when you say, I think he's going to be indicted because this is the way this is being written— uh, it carried some weight, and I wanted to talk to you about it. How are you, Andrew? Andrew, I'm doing. I'm doing just great, Glenn. Good. How are you? I, I'm. I'm. I'm great. I've been, and I don't know if other people feel this way, but I've been really confused with all that's going on because it's all leaks or speculation, and uh, you know, I'm just waiting for the thing to just when the shoes drop, then we'll t- talk about it. But you are a federal, a former New York federal investi- uh, sorry, prosecutor, and so you used to write the the things like you just read from uh, Cohen's. Uh, um, what, what do you call it? What was what, sentencing memorandum? Sentencing memorandum. So you right. used to write it and uh, those things, and you say this is very telling. Can you explain? Sure, I, I think Glenn, you're right to uh, be suspicious when you hear the leaked information, because obviously the people who leak are telling you the, they're sort of mining the parts of the story they want you to hear and holding back other stuff. Whereas when they do these court filings, this was a 40 page document that is customarily filed about a week or two in advance of the imposition of sentence by the court, you get a, a full flavor of what the government's, theory about the cases and and where they're going with the investigation. And it seemed to me that this sentencing memo is more directed at President Trump 
than it is at Cohen. Uh, sentencing memos are interesting in, in terms of legal filings because they're not kind of um, dry legal issue oriented submissions. They're almost like jury arguments, except they're meant to persuade the sentencing judge. So they, they tend to be more uh, forceful and colorful and um, sort of filled with their prosecution theory. And here, this one reads in the part of it that deals with the campaign finance laws as a testimonial to the importance of those laws to the integrity of the system and how they are meant to make sure that the rich and the powerful uh, don't usurp uh, all of the power in the system and uh, designed to fight against public cynicism about money in politics. I mean, it almost seemed to me like it was was, uh, drafted with the president in mind more than Cohen. And then I look at the other attendance situations or attendance circumstances uh, that you have here. Number one, they didn't really need these campaign finance counts on Cohen. His sentence is really driven by the bank fraud and the tax fraud counts. These add negligibly at most to his case, but they're obviously critical in connection with Trump. At the guilty plea allocution, they gratuitously had him say that he was directed by Trump in connection with these payments. That is not something that was necessary to the factual basis for Cohen's own plea. And ordinarily, prosecutors in public proceedings do not go out of their way to implicate uncharged people in felonies. So it seemed to me they were sort of reaching to do that. And it doesn't I don't see that they have any other purpose of doing that, except that they want to lock Cohen in on this version of events. And this is their uh, chance of doing it. And then the other thing I would point to is they have given immunity, I believe, to four different people in this campaign finance investigation. Campaign finance is not a very serious uh, felony in the greater scheme of things. They've given immunity to two people connected to the National Enquirer, and I believe two people connected with the uh, with the Trump organization, which relates to the structuring of the reimbursement payment to Cohen. I don't think they gave four people immunity to tighten up the case on Cohen that they didn't need. So All right. those are the tea leaves. Okay, so... So what does that tell you they're going to do with Trump? Well, it seems to me they're going to indict him. One of the things, Glenn, that I should have said was that I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what these two campaign finance counts allege. Most people, I think, believe that because Cohen had a $2,700 limit uh, as a normal contributor, that these payments were way above that limit, and that's why he had to plead guilty. But very interestingly, the first of the counts is not that Cohen made an illegal payment. It's that he caused a third party, namely the, the business entity that controls the National Enquirer, to make a, to make a payment that was illegal for the National Enquirer. To make. And the point here is, it's the theory is, even if a transaction would be legal as to you, 
if you did it yourself. Um, it is still illegal to cause a third party to do something that would be unlawful as to that third party. Uh, and it seems to me that that answers directly what Trump's lawyers have been saying about this, which is that the president, because he was the candidate, did not have a limit on what he could spend on his own campaign. Now, I've always thought that was a kind of a flawed explanation because there's, there's two parts that are important to campaign finance. One is the limits, but the, probably the more important one is reporting. Uh -huh. So even a candidate has to report what he spends. Um, but for, for our narrow purpose here, if Cohn, if Cohn is being directed by Trump and they have Cohn plead guilty to causing a third party entity to make an illegal contribution, it seems obvious to me that Trump also has to be guilty of that. So it seems it, it, it at least looks to me like that That's is the case the they're trying to make. Right. OK, so let's pursue this a bit more. Let me just take a quick one minute break. Uh, and then we're going to come right back to uh, to Andy. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, American finance here. I've been telling you I've been telling you about American financing for about 10 years because they're um, they're the good guys in a world full of sharks. If you're having financial problems, you may be solicited by credit repair services to settle your debts for less. Do not be fooled by these tactics. They're trying to sell you something. Um, I want you to research your uh, debt consolidation options. When you consolidate debt, you're moving all of that debt into one loan that you pay off, a loan with more competitive interest rates, so you're not throwing your money away on interest and never getting out from behind the eight ball. You're still paying off your own debt, so your credit's not going to take a hit. In fact, you might be able to increase your credit score, which would really help. If you're a homeowner... Take the smarter approach and get started today on de debt consolidation. You can do it with American Financing. Their salary-based mortgage consultants will continue to save customers anywhere from $500 to $1,000 every single month. They may even get you closed in as fast as 10 days. So get started now by calling American Financing at 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440 or online at AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So, contributing editor... Contributing editor of the uh, National Review is Andy McCarthy, and uh, we're talking about uh, what what the Democrats, or, or I should say, what the uh, prosecution uh, in New York is planning on doing with Cohen and uh, Donald Trump. Andy, I, I, never for one moment in my entire life have I found Michael Cohen to be credible about anything he's ever said. Um, this goes long before he was he turned on Trump, and now the media seems to find him very credible. Um, is there more to this than just Cohen saying Trump told him to do these things, or is there? Do they have additional evidence that makes you believe they know this really happened? Stu, I, I think you're entirely right to be suspicious of anything this guy says, and the prosecutors know that. Um, I, sh I should point out that the guy who's running the uh, investigation in the Southern District 
is uh, Rob Kuzami, who was my partner or one of my two partners on the Blind Shea case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a he's a whip smart lawyer, and he's handled plenty of cases where uh, you have people who are uh, not exactly upstanding members of the community who are our main witnesses. And what you generally do with those cases is you look the jury in the eye at the beginning and say, you know, look, <laughs> we're not going to trust this guy any more than you should. And if if somebody tells you that, uh, you know, that we're asking you to rely on his word, and nothing else, then you should just not believe that you should reject it. But look at where he's corroborated uh, and see how his testimony stacks up with the stuff that um, that you know is true. And I think what they're doing here to try to tighten up the case with respect to uh, to him is twofold. One, they have given immunity to these guys from the National Enquirer, which would help them corroborate him on the agreement that they apparently had to try to purchase and bury stories that would be unfavorable to Trump. And then I think on the back end, Stu, what they would do is prove up how Cohen was paid. And this is where the Trump organization comes into the equation. Um, After he did these payments, uh, what happened in, uh, I think the payments were in uh, mid to late October of 2016. Um, And he only paid one. The National Enquirer does one. He does the Stormy Daniels one, which is 130 grand. And what they do with that is he ends up being reimbursed by the Trump organization, which is odd because they don't seemingly have anything to do with this. Right. Um, And what the Trump organization does is they tell him we're going to do this as part of a retainer agreement. And they double the amount that he paid. um, So so that for tax purposes, it looks like it's, you know, uh, 260,000 so that he gets reimbursed for the full 130,000. And then they, on top of that, gave him a $60,000 bonus. And what they told him to do was, we're going to have this look like a retainer agreement. And then every month you give us an invoice for 12 months and we will pay you 35,000 a month, I think was the, uh, was the amount they settled on. So that it looks like he signed a retainer to do legal work for them beginning in January of 2017. And then he bills them once a month for 35,000. So it looks like a forward going legal contract when in fact it's reimbursement for something that happened in October. So I think from the prosecutor's standpoint, what they would say is if Trump hadn't known about this and Trump wasn't controlling it and it wasn't exactly the way that Cohen said, first of all, why on earth would Cohen be shelling out his own money to cover up Mm -hmm. Trump's affairs, but also look at the way this was paid. Um, It was paid by the Trump organization and they did it in a way that was designed uh, to conceal what it was actually about. Okay, so we're talking to Andrew McCarthy. Um, he is contributing editor of the National Review. He also uh, was a former federal uh, prosecutor in New York. So can you compare this, Andrew, to um, anything else? I mean, is, is, I mean, I find this a big deal because the president looked at us in the face and said, I know nothing about it. I had nothing to do with it. And it's clear that... Um, 
Well, you can't say he did. I think he's actually admitted that he did now at this point, didn't he? Um, so it's clear that he did know about it, and it, it looks like there was some level to make it uh, go away and kind of a cover-up. Um, can you compare this to anything? How big of a deal is this if you take politics out of it? Yeah, I think, Glenn, it's all about politics, actually. Legally, I must tell you now, and now I, I kind of feel with this thing like um, I'm the uh, I'm the weatherman, right? I'm here to tell you it's going to rain. Don't blame me for the rain. Right. <laughs> I don't think the, I don't think this is a I don't think this is a good case legally. Um, I, I I don't think that this is an in kind campaign contribution. The one thing the one case that we have that's close to it is the John Edwards case, which had a very ambiguous result i mean basically it's similar facts uh the justice department charged it as felonies the court let it go to the jury when a court lets a case go to the jury that means the court has found that a rational juror could convict uh but in the end the jury acquitted on the counts that were decided and then the justice department thought the case was so weak that they they decided not to retry the counts that the jury hung on so we have a very ambiguous situation as far as, um, uh, you know, what the law is here. I always think these regulatory things, they're not really meant for the criminal law. That's why they're usually handled as administrative fines with the, with the Federal Election Commission. And the thing, I, I don't like the aspect of this where I think they could get you coming or going. So what I mean by that is, let's say Trump agreed with them and that these were campaign expenditures, right? Um, if they're campaign expenditures, what if he had taken campaign funds, people contribute to his campaign, and he had used campaign funds to pay hush money payments? I think the same people who are screaming felony now would be saying, if that was what he had done, that he had diverted campaign funds for his personal use. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I just think... This is one of these things where no matter what he did, they were going to say that it was a violation of the campaign laws one way or the other. And if that's the situation you're in, that to me underscores that this is not appropriate for the criminal law. We want our criminal statutes to be very clear so that the average person can understand what the law is. I mean, you said that one of the things that they want to do is restore public trust, but trust is getting worse and worse and worse because... Rosie O'Donnell didn't pay a price for doing something much worse than Dinesh D'Souza did. Barack right. Obama had $2 million in campaign finance ir- ir- uh, irregularities, which is much bigger than, than this one. Uh, and yet they just told him to pay a fine. So it's not really clearing things up. If, if we were going to apply the law equally, it would. Right. But I don't think yeah, we do. I, I, yeah, I think that's a great point prosecutorial discretion is something that's necessary for the system to function, you know, as a, as an overarching matter. But I think if you have prosecutorial discretion, that's so elastic that the prosecutor can arbitrarily say based on politics or whatever else, that the same conduct is handled in one case as an administrative fine. And in another case as a felony prosecution, I mean, what they did with Dinesh D'Souza was a disgrace Mm -hmm. because that was not only a trivial violation, they actually charged it not as one felony, but two. 
mm. uh, because they tried to lop on to that case a false statements case that you can't if you're going to commit the campaign finance violation oh. that causes the filing to be inaccurate so you have to make a false statement okay so they turned something that congress t- w- made a two-year crime into a seven-year crime Andrew McCarthy, thank you so much. Contributing editor, National Review. We'll check in again as things progress. You're listening to Glenn Beck. 100% drug-free, created by doctors. Four key ingredients that help your body in its fight against inflammation. Now, if you're having a hard time sleeping through the night, if you have neck, shoulder, back, hip, foot, pancreas, Pain. Well, I don't know about the pancreas. I wonder what that feels like. Anyway, the things that you can no longer do because of your pain, you can do it again. Go out and take a nice walk. Play golf, tennis, open a jar of pickles or, or whatever. Playing with the kids or the grandkids. Do it by taking Relief Factor. I've taken it now for about a year, and it has worked wonders with me. Three-week quick start now, nineteen ninety-five. It's a dollar a day. Take the trial pack. 70% of the people who order it, the three-week quick start, after taking it for three weeks, they order more because it works. It has in my life. If you want your life back, do it now. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. All right. Coming up, the banning of songs, Christmas songs in particular. Coming up. I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for a while, and I would pick it over any mattress that I have ever had. In fact, I I did pick it. Um, I I bought it, sent it to my house. I tried it for, I think, five days. I actually was honest, which I don't know if everybody appreciates this, but uh, I said, I'm not sure I like it. Well, it took me a few more days before I really started to have my body settle down. I love this bed. It is Casper. It's a no-brainer. All you have to do is just order it and try it for 100 nights. If you don't have the experience that I have, they come and pick it up and they refund every single dime. So put Casper to the test in your home. The only way to test a mattress is by sleeping on it night after night, risk-free. For 100 nights, casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code G-L-E-N-N. That'll get you $50 towards the purchase of your brand new mattress at casper.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. Get $50 off the purchase of select mattresses at casper.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to it. I'm glad you're here. Let me uh, uh, let me just point out that everybody who is who is actually upset at Rudolph the Red the Red Nose Reindeer, shut up. Anybody who is actually upset at that story and that and and you know that whole uh, uh, Christmas special, shut up. Do you have no life? First of all, do you know the story? Do you know how the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer happened? Do you know how it was created? It was created by a guy, uh, I think it was in the 1950s. Um, Sears was having a great, you know, Sears had Santa and Sears had, you know, had all of the, you know, uh, Christmas uh, cheer. And so Montgomery Ward needed something different. And so they went to one of the guys in the in their ad room and said, we need we need something. And he said, OK. And so he wrote the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was written as an ad piece because they made it into a little paperback book that you could only get at Montgomery Ward. OK, 
later the song came out and everything else but it was written as an ad piece what's great about this story is it shows you how corporate america is different back in the 1950s when he wrote this it was worth a lot of money not like it is now but worth a lot of money his wife got cancer and uh you know, back then it was a death sentence, but also just, uh, you know, horribly, horribly expensive. And uh, he was really uh, struggling. And so Montgomery Ward came to him and said, you know what? We're going to sign this over to you. Remember, everything that you create inside a company belongs to the company. So it belonged to Montgomery Ward. They said, we're going to give you your story. Uh, and exploit it all you can, and that will help you get back on your feet, et cetera, et cetera. Can wow. you imagine? Wow, that's stuff that, that does not happen often no, that doesn't these ha- days. When does that happen? That is, that's fantastic. That's a great story. And the story was to show that, remember, we're coming out of a time where the progressive president wouldn't even show himself in a wheelchair because he, he thought that that was a sign of weakness, and he didn't want to ever be seen weak. So the guy couldn't stand. The guy couldn't walk at all. Anytime you see him standing or walking, it's usually with his son next to him. And his son is the one who is holding him up, not FDR's legs. So we come out of a time where you're a freak. You're weak if you're in a wheelchair. I personally look at that from FDR and think that is the strongest guy. Right. Here's a guy who did all that he did, agree or disagree, did all that he did in a wheelchair at a time when everybody thought, oh, look at the little cripple. I think this is a fantastic story, but that's not the way it was viewed. So what does Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer do? It's to try to correct that in society. All right. So now Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is made into a special and it's made into a special, I think, in 64 or 62. I can't remember. But that's, I mean, that's, look at me. That was the year I was born, 1964. I haven't aged that well either. And for people to be upset about this in a serious way, shut up. We've been saying it forever. Santa's a jerk in that. (laughs) The reindeer coach, Rudolph's dad, a jerk. The elf leader, a jerk. We got it. We got it. At least know the facts of what the story is really all about. And, and that goes with baby, it's cold outside. Now everybody is upset. Stations, any radio station that bans baby, it's cold outside because you think it's part of the rape culture. You deserve to you deserve to go out of business. Are you really that stupid that for 70 years this has been a wink, wink, nudge, nudge? Hey, let's rape girls at Christmas. Right, because it's been a... We've made fun of that before. It's like the thing they'll jump to eventually, that this is actually a date rape song. Yes. And, you know, mocking the idea that, you know... I mean, because there are elements of it that kind of sound that way if you want to to intentionally take it the wrong way. Can I tell you how far we've come? Do you know what this song's really about? Yeah, it's... Kind of the opposite, right? Exactly the opposite. This song was written to empower women. Because women weren't allowed to be sexy back then. They weren't allowed to be like, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of cold. It is. They were not allowed to make those decisions. They were not allowed to be sexy. You were not allowed to say, well, maybe I will stay. 
This was a song that was empowering for women. This is how far women have come, and yet you don't even recognize it. Instead of celebrating this song and saying, yeah, it's a little outdated, but here's the real story behind it. Instead, you don't even remember the real story, the real reason why it was written, what it really stands for. You just immediately go, see, this is what's wrong with America. It's about rape. Oh, shut up. I can't take the stupidity anymore. That's really my biggest problem right now is I cannot take the stupidity. And it's not stupidity. It is self-imposed ignorance. It's not, yeah, it, it, that's a good way of putting it because it's not real, I don't think. It's not. And now, you, you talk about this in, in Addicted Outrage, the postmodernism stuff. And I feel like it's so much on that path. There's the uh, internet uh, comedian uh, J.P. Sears who did a piece on this. And one of the points he makes is, you know, because he's basically known for mocking vegetarians and people who are gluten free and like just like annoying diet trends and stuff like that. And he kind of takes this one on in his, his latest thing, which is really funny. Um, but he points out something that is, has become true, which is I don't care what the original intent of the song was. We now know the real intent and it's date rape. And it's like, well, that's what the same argument that's being made with the Washington Redskins, for example, mm-hmm. right? Like, we it's don't postmodernism. care that it was meant to honor a Native Americans back then. We now know that they were wrong and it's hateful. And it's uh, so many things like that go on where people now create a new offense to something that was not offensive when it was uh, created. And you just assume you know the answer. Yeah. You and just I'm, assume you're right. And you're a bad person if you don't agree with me. Right. That's incredible. It's nuts. Play the J.P. Sears uh, cut, will you? So here's the deal. I was just minding my own business, looking for people to crucify in my witch hunt instead of dealing with my own pain, and I discovered something terrible. The classic Christmas song, Baby It's Cold Outside, is about date rape. (laughs) Yeah, it's either I'm wrong or the song's always been about date rape, and it's just taken 74 years for someone as intelligent as me to finally come along and discover it. And it's not that I'm wrong. The intended meaning of the song in 1944 has nothing to do with the true meaning of the song, which was just discovered in 2018 by people who are not the writer of the song. And get this, the writer's own daughter says the song was about flirtatiousness in the 1940s and that it wasn't about date rape. Sounds like she didn't even know her own father. And I think it's terribly offensive that she could even think it's not about date rape. I'd also like to request that no one refer to Christmas music as Christmas music anymore. You should be more sensitive and call it holiday music. And I'd also like to demand that no one listen to any holiday music anymore because it's all just reinforcing the white male type 2 diabetic patriarchy. The world's got enough problems and luckily I'm here to find more problems instead of solving any of them. I love that line. I love that line. How true that is. How true that is. Okay. Well, one thing that will make you feel better. I have never watched. What is it, the real world with Kim Kardashian, the Kardashians or whatever the hell. What is it? Keeping up with the Kardashians. Well, you have not been keeping up with the Kardashians. Though. I have not. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason to keep up. With oh, the there's some gold in there. That what their trip to Cuba was one of the greatest things no, I've ever I, seen on TV. No, I agree with oh, you. Oh my that. gosh! I Look at all. That. It's so retro. Yeah. Look at their. I like how they kept it so quaint. 
No, that's like, not what they did. I like the way they still drive the old cars to keep it like it was back in the 50s. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not intentional. That's, not, that's, all, that's not their only choice. It's their only choice, you <laughs> dolt. So anyway, uh, now I've, I've said that, let me say something nice <laughs> about the Kardashians. Um, this is an episode that I think I'll actually look up. Do you remember the woman that Kim Kardashian was trying to get her, uh, this woman who I think had a life sentence, right? She's 50 years old. She was a grandma. She was selling pot, but she got a life. Yeah, she was actually not selling. She was transporting all multiple kinds of drugs, I believe, uh, to someone who was selling it. So she was kind of acting as she was the, a mule, um, the mule, because why would you arrest the grandma? Right. Like she didn't she didn't look like she would be transporting drugs. I mean, there's a, there's a case to be made that this was a more serious situation uh, that was initially sort of talked about. However, you know, it does the odds of her going back out and becoming a drug mule again, seemingly pretty low. Um, and I think so. the, the punishment was very harsh. Uh, and so this had become a, a little bit of a cause, particularly for the Kardashians, to get her out, get her pardoned, or um, at least have her time uh, diminished. And so they did. Donald Trump signed the paper. Well, Kim Kardashian um, calls this woman, Alice, uh, and says, what do you think? Now, they're taping the show during this, but she thinks that the woman knows that she's getting out of prison. Listen to this. I cannot believe it. We did it. We we did it. We did it. You don't know? No, she doesn't know. You're telling her the news. Oh my gosh, Alice, you're out. Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I thought you knew. Oh my God, the news just broke. The the president just called me. And he told me that um, that you are out. He signed the papers. It's been released to the press. Everything. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just. The, is there something about this time of year yeah. that makes those things just so much better? I know. I kind of like that moment. Um, I do too. And again, like to see the video, she's standing there in a bathrobe with a zillion dollar earrings on. Uh, and, and all the makeup and everything in the middle of a taping and is this woman who thought she was going to be in jail for the rest of her life is now going free uh so it's, it is really a nice moment and you can tell she's legitimately surprised yeah that she it thought she knew i mean i one wouldn't blame her for not necessarily having faith in the kardashian process uh, <laughs> to secure uh, this change in our legal system but it, i mean look it's it was a pretty amazing thing i'm honestly shocked that trump has not done more of this because it, it gave him, I mean, I don't think he's had better press in his entire presidency than when mm-hmm. he did that with, with, mm-hmm. the, with the Kardashians. And you know that there are people that he could pardon that yeah. are legitimate. Oh, yeah. There's tons of them. Tons I of mean, them. there's obviously lots of issue, yeah. uh, areas where people have sentences that are too long or people who may be you know, questionable. I mean, he's done it with some people who have uh, been deceased. Uh, he's you know posthumously pardoned them. But honestly, I'm I'm surprised because I think it helps his publicity so much that he hasn't gone down this road more. Plus, Jared is a legitimate like backer. Um, Jared Kushner is oh, yeah. of criminal uh, justice reform. Justice reform, and each one of these pardons is just another great news cycle yeah. for him until someone gets out and, and does something terrible. But until then, yeah, then it'll be Michael Dukakis, and then you're Michael Dukakis. Uh, so I can understand the risk there. I'm not saying there isn't yeah. any, um, but you know, there are certainly people you could go through and find that are in these situations. 
And, you know, it's helped him. I think it's helped him in the African-American community quite a bit where he's gone and he's he's found several African-Americans who seemingly had a, a rough deal with it with the legal system and has, and has pardoned them. Uh, that's, you know, it's, it's helpful politically for sure. I just want to I just want to go here. I just wanted to play that because I don't know. There's so many things that just make you feel like crap. <laughs> Whether you agree with that or not. That was just a nice, spontaneous moment, and I think we need more of them. LifeLock has an important security reminder to uh, pass along to you for all the holiday online shopping you're doing. Do not shop from a site that doesn't have SSL uh, encryption. Do you know what that means, Stu? It's just like a secure, I mean, it's like a way of having an encrypted website. So when you're putting your financial information in, it's going to be more protected. Okay. It has an icon of a lock padlock right up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where the um, uh, HTTP, it should say HTTPS and have the little icon of the padlock on there. If it doesn't have that, don't don't share any of your information. It's not a secure site. People are after your information, your banking information, your identity. Uh, they're after, you know, taking control of the stuff that's in and on your computer. LifeLock uses proprietary technology to detect and alert a wide range of identity threats so you don't have to worry about it. And Norton protects your devices against cyber threats like malware. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But no matter the season, LifeLock with Norton is absolutely the best in the field. So go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get an additional 15% off your first year. You need this if you're doing any shopping online. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Get an additional 15% off at LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. So personally, I think the, uh, the Tyler Perry Club is too small. It's uh, right now. We've got three members: me, Chris Rock, Tyler Perry, and there's some random uh, unknown person who's is there? in a few places. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. This is, I think, even predates. Uh, I don't know if it predates Tyler Perry as well, but I think it predates you. Um, but it was someone who just decided, just a random guy. They don't know who it was. That's not a fantastic. Who's just doing it in, in a big way too? Marissa, see if you can find that story for me. That's fantastic. Yeah, really Good. cool. Good. Really cool. So there's four members at least. At least well, four. No, I, it's much more than that. We had a bunch of people. No, in our no. Audience. I mean, I mean, in that category of taking over the whole, the whole store, store right. there is a ton of people mm-hmm. who are doing it on their scale, which I think is fantastic. The the the. The cool mail that I got from people who just went into stores and they were like, I had $50 and I paid off somebody's layaway. I just think that is so cool. And all of them said the same thing. Well, one guy I I retweeted this morning and he said, uh, uh, I haven't felt this uh, excited about the holiday since I was a kid because he did it. Uh, it's just great. Really cool. It's just great. Yeah. So that's going on now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Christmas season comes with a lot of gifts, mm-hmm. um, just like uh, MSNBC's Al Sharpton, who is always good enough to give he us something. He gave you a beautiful gift. Yeah. He sure sure did. Yeah. Do we have this audio? Uh, we, let's play it real quick. Her mission now, help law enforcement focus less on nonviolent crimes right. and more on violent crimes and solving homicides. Who? You have Homo- talked about uh, how you want to see law enforcement to refocus uh, on violent crimes, solving homicides, oh, homicide. and not as no. much on nonviolent crimes. <laughs> he is the no. only broadcaster worse than me. <laughs> no, he really is. That's a very, it's a very, very low bar, but uh, he doesn't make it over that low bar. 
fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So today, Google is in front of Congress. As uh, Ricky Ricardo used to say, you got some splaining to do. Uh, because of some of the things they're doing online. Also, Facebook has just filed a patent to calculate your future location. That sounds great. But the really zen-like Twitter, Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, um, he's got very high moral standards for his platform. And it's totally a free speech platform for most people, as long as you agree with Jack. Uh, If you don't agree with Jack, well, then it's not free speech, but you don't really deserve free speech because he's better than you are. I mean, you know, there are some exceptions in life, uh, and it seems to be the exceptions that uh, free speech for all of his friends and people who believe what he believes. Some people just don't have the right views. Therefore, they don't belong on Twitter, and it's understandable. Just like, I guess, some minorities don't belong in certain countries. (gasps) Did I say that? Yes. Why? Because Jack Dorsey is all about virtue signaling. And he's on a prayer mission, a meditation mission, where he's going to become uh, one with the universe. But where is he doing this meditation? Oh, I can't wait to tell you. Next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. Uh, American Financing is our sponsor this half hour. We are 60 seconds away uh, from getting right back into the program. So stand by American Financing. Whether you are looking to refinance your home, you're looking to buy a new home uh, or you're looking to uh, consolidate your debt. These are the guys I would work with. American Financing there. They didn't have any problems in 2008. They tried to get me to advertise uh, for them or or uh, take their advertising uh, budget in 2007. I said, I don't think so. I don't trust mortgage companies and they said we know we know we listen to you we're not like that and i said okay well after things crash call me so they did they didn't have problems because they weren't jamming people into loans they couldn't afford american finance these are the good guys in a sea full of sharks you can trust americanfinancing.net americanfinancing.net get started right now 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 americanfinancing.net american financing corporation nmls 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org So Jack Dorsey has decided to take a dream vacation and uh, and just get in touch with his inner self. Um, and so he's decided to go to Burma. Burma. Now, Mr. Dorsey knows a ton about virtue signaling by banning certain users who don't adhere to his progressive tenants. But when it comes to real life virtue, he may be the Beethoven to tone deafness. Dorsey, uh, very proud of his recent 10-day meditation vacation. And last week, he let the world know how virtuous it really was. He tweeted that his meditation was all about understanding the inner nature as as, as a way to understand everything. It's this form of meditation uh, that has been uh, rediscovered by the Buddha 2,500 years ago through rigorous uh, scientific self-experimentation to answer the question, how do I stop suffering? So you go to Burma and you're wondering how to stop suffering? 
Well, I mean, it sounds really cool, except the multi-billionaire went uh, on that silent uh, meditation uh, vacation to look inside himself to figure out uh, where he could stop the suffering. And all you had to do is open your eyes because you're already there. Uh, The place where you're vacationing, you know, you tweet all those beautiful, precious moments in a place called Burma. A recent unprecedented U.N. report concludes that Burma's military regime has pursued a campaign of genocide against the Muslim minority for the past year and a half. The Muslim or the regime is accused of mass rape and mass murder of over 720,000 people, Jack. Oh, yes, but I'm I'm getting in touch with my inner self because. All of the screams, they're all in the jungles, and so I can't really hear them from my hotel room. These people have fled their homeland for Bangladesh, creating the largest refugee camp in the world. But hey, the food in Burma, I mean, you know, it's great, according to Dorsey. He's tweeting pictures of his food, and he also mentioned the swell time he had listening to the music of uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, you know, once the silent part of his retreat was over. He tweeted... Myanmar is, is absolutely a beautiful country. The people are full of joy and the food is amazing. Yeah, so is the genocide. They're pretty good at that, too. Some of the people are full of joy. Some of the other people are full of bullets. It's hard to understand why a seemingly intelligent billionaire CEO would choose to vacation in an oppressive regime like Burma. But then again... I mean, it's kind of what he does to people, too. And he chase people out of the square... Doesn't he just try to silence his foes? You know, Jack, maybe you feel right at home in Burma. Okay, we have something really exciting to share with you. Uh, uh, When we were in Florida, a gentleman uh, came up to me and he said, uh, Glenn, uh, I, I just want a car. His name is Rick Rudolph, and um, he told me the greatest story ever. He entered into the Mercury One raffle for a brand new Mercedes. How are you doing, sir? Good. Thank you. It's so glad to see you here. (laughs) It's great being here. Okay, so, Rick, first of all, what do you do for a living? Uh, I have a twin brother, and we run a chemical distribution business. Okay, so you're a drug dealer. I'm a drug dealer. All right. right. I have a a brother. We're in chemical distribution. Okay. All right. Uh, And you brought your daughter with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh Hi, Paige. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you today? Very good. Good. Uh, So, uh, so Rick, tell me the story that you told me in line when you came up and said, I, uh, I'm the one who won the car for Mercury one. Well, I, uh, every year I've entered the raffle. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how many years it's been now, Mm -hmm. but several and uh, the, my daughter was in a, a, a bad car accident and pretty much messed up her car. Mm-hmm. And I, I called her a couple of weeks before I sent the money in for the tickets and said, I'm going to win you your new car. <laughs> and we just get the year off to, well, we'll end the year in good fashion. Right, right, right. And uh, we were traveling and I was somewhere and the phone rang and I looked at it and said, two on four. I don't know. But, Liz, but Liza, Liza left me a long message and said, I got great news. And I just held the phone up in the kitchen and went, Glenn Beck! <laughs> what the car! <laughs> so you call your daughter right away? I called my daughter and said, 
got your new car. <laughs> so, she said, no. <laughs> so, Paige, congratulations. Are you giving her the car now? It's in her name. We it's picked it up last name. night. Because oh, you totally could have backed out of that. I mean, it was a joke. It was totally a joke. I totally uh, needed to join the Mercedes family. But yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say no. Right. He's one of the most kindest and generous people. That is know. so cool. So yeah. cool. So first of all, how are you after the accident? Were you okay? Yeah. Um, earlier in the year, my right lung had collapsed and the car accident mm. recollapsed it. But they did lung surgery. So after, I don't know. Five days in ICU. I'm I'm healed. I ran an awesome half marathon at Joshua wow. Tree in the desert. Wow. So yeah, I'm feeling good and strong. Wow. Why did your lung collapse in the um, first place? It was a spontaneous pneumothorax. So it just spontaneously collapsed the first time um, from coughing too hard. I was wow. I thought I had an upper respiratory infection, but my lung had actually collapsed. Wow. And so, so then you get you're fine, and then you get. An, you and then, yeah, I heal from that. And then the accident oh in March gosh. kind of exacerbated it. And then it, it collapsed again. So. Totals your car. Um, it didn't total my car, but I'm pretty sure pretty, Geico should have. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, All right. Yeah. But, but the, um, yeah. But the collapse long didn't have anything to do with her MMA fighting. No, no, it wasn't MMA. No, had nothing no, to do with no. that. Are you an I, MMA fighter? No, no. I, I would I would kickbox. I had a couple of kickboxing fights, but okay. no no MMA for me. I I'm have a feeling I have a feeling dad doesn't like the kickboxing. Um no. I no, well, <laughs> Why no. is that, Dad? Have you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have. Does have a collapsed lung? Well, when the foot comes in here about 40 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah that might do it. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that sucks. Although, your daughter can defend herself. Oh, don't mess with her. Yeah. Don't yeah. mess with her. So, congratulations on the car. Thank you so much. And I'm so really excited. Are you guys flew in? Flew in uh, last night, and on the way on the airplane, I, I uh, emailed the the dealer, and I said, you know what? I think we better pick that up tonight because we're going over to the studio tomorrow to see Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> and I, I don't think we'll have time. And, of course, we weren't expecting this. Yeah. <laughs> and so you guys are going, you guys get in the car driving home today. Yeah. What a great Christmas. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Christmas. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank, thank you very much. You're it's welcome. It's to be here. And thank you for supporting Mercury One. And I'm so glad you won. Love what you guys are doing. Thank Love you. It. It's great. Love it. Thank God bless you. you. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right. All righty. Um, let me tell you uh, about Goldline. Uh, there's a there's I got a stack of stuff uh, here to to talk to you about. Um, but next next year is not necessarily looking you know all that uh, all that bright, uh, especially in Australia. Australians have been warned to prepare for a severe housing collapse and a banking crisis. That is the same kind of thing that we went through in 08. Uh, I think Europe is preparing for this. I don't. Stu just keeps throwing me stories. Uh, this one's about the trade war. Did you read this one? What yeah, the trade war is really all not about. Not really about. It's not about what we think it is. Mm. If this is true, I actually am. I'm kind of glad. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad. This is a, a story about what it's really all about. Um, and they are just stealing. Would you stop throwing papers at well, me? You said you had a stack and you didn't I have do. a stack. Why don't so you just, I'm throwing a stack at you. Why don't you just talk about it? She's throwing papers at me. Anyway, um, uh, we'll get into the China thing. Also, economic catastrophe. Uh, yellow vest protests cripple the French businesses. France is in trouble. Uh, the headline today was Brexit 
uh, chaos for England. What happens if this doesn't go through? What are they going to do? You're going to see more and more yellow vests over in England, too. Yeah, that's it. It can go into an entire uh, European good. movement here. Okay, can I don't... <laughs> that's not even a story for you to do. I just wanted to throw, just throw this paper at you. Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, this, you know, it's funny. Uh. Is this one is uh, expert warns against losing jobs over thoughts. So I think I, I think I, it's like, okay, I got it. Now I'm just, I, now you're just throwing things at, things at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I know what your thoughts are and you could lose your job according to an AI expert. Right. Uh, anyway, gold line is there to, to um, be the hedge against inflation. I've talked to a lot of uh, economic experts here recently. I've been kind of having a kind of a little economic forum uh, off air as we're getting ready for the next year, because I'm really going to concentrate on just about eight things next year um, that you need to follow and know about. It's kind of it's kind of like that chalkboard that I did at Fox where I said, you know, the uh, the riots on the streets, they're going to destabilize the Middle East. It'll lead to a caliphate. It will spread up into Europe. It will destabilize Europe. The left and right will start working together, not coordinated, but it will. They'll have the same purpose of destabilizing Europe and it will spread all across Europe and then spread here to the United States. We now could check all of those as done. And what comes next? Not fun stuff. Not fun stuff. And we're going to concentrate that on that next uh, next year. But you need to be aware that your personal finances um, are going to be put into jeopardy. And you need to find a way to hedge against inflation, hedge against collapse and chaos. I do it with gold. And I highly recommend that you look into gold or silver as a hedge against insanity yourself. Call them now. They're waiting for you at 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Make sure you read their important risk information. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. It is for my family, and especially in times when the world goes mad. And if you think the world has backed off the madness factor, uh, you're dreaming. Goldline.com, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. All right, let me give you a couple things here, uh, Stu. You, you can choose the news because I'm just not going to be able to get through everything. Facebook has filed a patent to calculate your future location. That one is fascinating. Yes, it is. Yeah. The new exercise guidelines. Not bad news if you don't. If you're like me, um, mm, let's that's see tempting here, right? Because uh, it's that time of year where I, every time I pass a plate of cookies, there's no more cookies on the plate when I walk by it. Right. It's really, it, it's amazing. Right. How can it be so hard to not eat a cookie? But it is that hard. Uh, and uh, uh, and what the trade war in China is really all about. Where do you want to, what do you want to do? And definitely not the boring trade war thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. I want, well, tell me that you got to tell me the exercise. Okay. Thing. So here's the exercise thing. Okay. For the first time in 10 years, new rules on exercising. Remember, I think we're at butter is okay again, aren't we? Butter was okay, then it was bad, mm-hmm. then it was really bad, then it was okay, then it was bad again, and I think we're back to butter is okay. I think you're right. Okay, so it's a little slower, uh, but uh, for the first time in 10 years, they've come up with new exercise guidelines. And when I say they, 
I would have had to read the story a little bit more deeper to know who they are, but I think we all know that's what they want you to believe. <laughs> I do think that's the problem with so much of this reporting, on, especially on health and food and stuff, is that it's not necessarily that the study is bad or has no value. It's that the media is so horrible at reporting it, mm-hmm. where they just take, like, there's a study on four mice that indicated something slightly. Change the way you eat. Like, that's right. not what right. any of those things are supposed to do. Right. Okay, and, I, and, and this is all framed as good news, okay? Uh, the new exercise uh, guidelines uh, aren't increasing the recommended amount of exercise for teens and adults. Okay, that sounds like good news. That does sound But like they're good not news. decreasing them either. Wow. So that sucks. However, they do change the definition of exercise a bit, so it is easier to hit. Uh, this comes from the Journal of American Medical Association and the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, and if you're, not, if you're not hitting the guidelines that were released in 2008, don't feel bad. Eight and ten people are like, yeah, I don't give a flying crap what they say. <laughs> um, but... But here's the subtle but important change. They no longer define exercise as an activity that lasts at least 10 minutes. So now, what, how many minutes is it? No, uh, it doesn't. Just any kind, of, any kind of heart rate increase. You can count that time oh, for any length of time. So oh. now, if that's true, sex counts for most people. <laughs> there you go. You know, you can... I will say too, I'm I'm not going to start exercising more, but I am going to be closer to the minimum amount of exercise I need to do. Correct, because zero is closer to whatever they're saying now yes. than ten. Yes. Um, so if you just park a little bit further away, uh, you know, from from your office, that counts now as exercise, and that's a good thing to do if there are no spots that are closer they than say, the one that you're going right. to that's right mm-hmm. uh they say you don't have to go to the gym for 10 15 or 30 minutes which i don't have to worry about crossing that off my calendar because i'm not doing it now although that will lower your exercise now the they're whole swiping <laughs> they the calendar did, event off you're right yeah. I, I so i am exercising mm-hmm. i'm well no i can't cross it off i could put it in and then cross it off and i'm doing double the exercise Ooh. they say it's still two to 2.5 to 5 hours of moderate intensity exercise or 1.25 no this is per week or 1.25 to 2.5 hours of vigorous intensity exercise per week like week hours. is the 7 day one right i know i could watch 5 hours of television or netflix but i can't walk for 5 hours that's just this is, they do keep, Oof. I feel like, I don't know if it, these studies are actually showing this or they're just dumbing it down. Like there was a study that came out a few years ago that said uh, it's as, as effective to do 10 minutes of high intensity exercise um, mm-hmm. as it is to do like 45 minutes to an hour of lower intensity exercise. And that seems like, wow, like 10 minutes, of course I can do 10 minutes. And I, don't, I mean, I, that's kind of makes some sense to me, like, because it's high intensity. But the other part of me just thinks they're just like, well, let's get them to do one minute. If we say 10, maybe they'll do one. So do you, do you rem- <laughs> They're just so round and, and blubbery. Can we at least... You're not all Santa Claus, guys. We just don't guys, want despite- to look like the cartoon Wally. Yeah. You know, you don't want to look because I think that's what we're all going to turn into. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're, when, you're, when you're looking at the high-intensity exercise, do you remember when we first met Ray Kurzweil in 2006? Yes. Okay. Ray, Ray Kurzweil mm-hmm. is a you know futurist. Um, he's a transhumanist. He is. He takes 
was it like 600 uh, tablets of of different minerals and everything else a day. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I, I mean, you'd be swallowing pills all day. All day. Would you get full by that? I yeah. don't know. I feel like I, you wouldn't want to eat anything else. Yeah. You'd just be filled with pills all the so time. So he's taking all of these supplements uh, every single day, and he really watches everything. And he invented this exercise machine that is a total body workout. And and I remember looking at it because he said you do use it for five days or five minutes a day and you got everything you need. And the guy's in really good shape. And when I met him in 06, uh, he had just started looking at his about five years before started checking his uh, his actual physical age mm-hmm. uh, of his tissue. I don't even know how you do this, uh, but he had gone back eight years in physical age when i had seen him the the next hmm. time um, this is the thing that's in like the sky mall magazine isn't it? it was like one of those devices where you're it might have been one of those but he <laughs> but i think he came up with it and he uses it every day and okay. everybody then said oh no that's nothing because you can't do it for five minutes and that's that won't help you at all and he was the guy going yeah no it helps a lot do it so i'm only fat because the government said i couldn't not be fat in five minutes. I and this now is a late. good show to blame the government for stuff. So I'm with you on this one. Amen, brother. Thank you very much. Okay, back in uh, just a second as the uh, program continues, we look at what Facebook is now doing to predict where you're going next. Oh, this sounds like fun. Hello, China, and George Orwell's 1984. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit about changing your filters. You need to change your filters in your um, in your uh, furnace, or you know, change your filter in your um, uh, in your air conditioner. Otherwise, what's going to happen is it's going to it's going to be harder to suck the air through because the filter is clogged. And uh, I will tell you that I'm not the most handy around the house. I know that comes as a surprise, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> uh, but I'm not real handy around the house. I, I really never even thought about changing my filter um, until I looked at my filter and I was like, holy cow, this is really bad. It should it be black like this. No, apparently starts out white. I have filter by now filter by B-U-I dot com filter dot com. You can get your filters instead of having to go out to the store or whatever. I just subscribe. And so it comes every so many months. And when it does, I just change the filter, throw the old one out. You never even have to think about it. And you'll save 5% if you subscribe. So go to filter dot com. Do that now. Filter B-U-I dot com. All right. When when we come back, what? is Facebook doing to follow you? So you have uh, the uh, Google uh, CEO today testifying uh, before the House Judiciary Committee. And um, they said, well, you know, you know, we don't have a political agenda. You don't have a political agenda? Really? Did you watch your your meeting the day after the election when you all got together and said, you know, Hey, we think the world's going in a different direction, but there's more we can do. What are you, what are you talking about? In some ways, I almost feel like they actually believe it and that it's not a political agenda. It's just right and wrong. Yeah. It's a religion, right? It's like, you know, it's global warming is a good example of this, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. 
it's not a political agenda to say that we need to spend five hundred trillion dollars to stop global warming. It's just we have to, or we're all going to die. Well, you know what you're not seeing there is there is a political agenda that you're yeah. not. No, it's science, and we're right. Well, yeah, but you what you're saying your solution is. There's a lot of debate on that, and uh, th- but they don't see it that way. It's the same thing with like when they're talking about deplatforming people, right? They're taking, well, you said something that was bad about Sharia law, or you said something that was bad about uh, transgenderism. Well, they don't see politics in that because it's so obvious what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. to them. They're in a bubble where a hundred percent of the people around them agree. So this is not a political it's issue. That's why Jack can go to uh, to Burma. They're they're killing Muslims. They're killing Mm. Christians. They're just, they're erasing whole populations. And he's fine. He's fine. No, it's beautiful. And I'm here for meditation because it's a perfect place to meditate and and figure out what the next good thing is we can do. Well, here's an idea. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't go to Burma. Um, Here's an idea. Go to Burma and speak out about the atrocities that are happening. How's that one, Jack? I mean, I don't need even to meditate on those ones. I got them pretty quickly. Ooh, that one just came to me. Wow. And I'm still not meditating. Um, Today, uh, we have Google testifying in front of the House Judiciary Committee uh, about what do they do? What is it they do? Are you you tracking people? Are you banning people? Are you blocking people? They're going to bring up today that Google employees sought to block Breitbart from Google AdSense. Less than a month after President uh, Donald Trump took office. Now, this is this according to leaked emails, uh, internal emails where they were just saying, we got to stop Breitbart. And that is that's goes right in line with what, you know, they were talking about in that Google meeting, you know, that big corporate meeting. They were very open about it. And it doesn't have to come from the top. It can come from just a group of people in, you know, in, in a room that just says, hey, turn this down, turn that down, change the algorithm a little bit. Nobody up in the upper end even needs to know. Not right. Even if it's only one person, right? I mean, yep. you know, we yep. saw that with, what was it? It was on Twitter. Didn't they ban Donald Trump one person on their way out yes. of the building because they were leaving? Yes. And that's a minor example. They were able to turn mm-hmm. it around pretty quickly. But of course those people exist. They exist in every organization. Both sides. Yeah, especially when you're told all the time that here's a guy who wants to kill all immigrants and gay people and all the horrible things, you know, mm-hmm. that, that Trump and every Republican is accused of. Well, of course you have to stop them. It's the only right thing to do. Right. And it's and it would happen on both sides if we had a side. I mean, if we had if we had a Google or Twitter or Facebook, I imagine that there would be people that would want to do that as well. To the other side, we got to stop, got to stop and shut down the Antifa voices because it's just the right thing to do. Right. So it's human nature. And uh, they just like all progressives, they just deny human nature. It's in pretty critical places. Now, Facebook has just filed for a patent to calculate your future location. They have several patent applications uh, for technology that uses your current location data to predict where you're going <laughs> and when you're going to be offline. Huh. Uh, the Facebook spokesperson says that doesn't just because we filed a patent doesn't mean that we have an, uh, you know, uh, an intent or is any indication that we want to follow you while you're. 
not offline or predict where you're going. Might be a problem with our patent system, by the way, if that is a legitimate excuse. Like, we all know that they do have some use for it, but like, you shouldn't be filing patents if you have no intention on ever using them. It's like, oh, well, I came up with an idea that theoretically could be possible. Let me patent it so that someone, when they actually come up with the idea in 20 years, has to pay me a bunch of money or can't use it at all. Right. That's why so many, I mean, this is, that's just a separate issue, but it is, uh, it is a, it's, it's a bad one in the United States right now. So what it's going to do is it's, it's the, the application is called offline trajectories and it's a method to predict where you're going to go next based on your location data. The technology described in the patent would calculate the transition probability based at least in part on your previously logged location data associated with a plurality plurality of uh, users who were at the current location. It will also use the data of other people you know, as well as that of strangers, to make predictions. So it's going to be able to predict you based on what you've done before. It will also predict uh, you because it will go out and look at your friends and what they've done. But also, if I'm reading this right, it will look at your friends and where they are. So if your friends are gathering at some place and you're driving in the general area, likely you're going there. Okay, you're still not convincing me this is a good use of, uh, of technology. What do you mean? It's just going to make it easier. It's going to make our lives easier. So you get ads in places where you don't even have the internet. That sounds horrible. I don't like when I get them when I do have the internet. No, they just need to know where you are at all times. Oh, that's it. That's it. They just, is it? it. Do you, I mean, because a lot of this stuff is, I've noticed this with like, you know, like Uber and Lyft type of apps and where they will, you know, you go a certain way, a certain amount of times. They say, oh, this must be your house. This must Mm -hmm. be your work. The one that's really funny is the, uh, we have the GPS in in my wife's car. And it now draws new roads on the map because if we go to a place where they don't have a, 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 a road mapped a certain amount of times, it realizes, oh, there must be a road there and then draws the road on the map. It's actually remapping kind of in real time, which was very funny because one time I was driving down the street and I looked over and I saw this circle on the side of the road and it kind of looks like almost like a dirt road when they draw a new road on mm-hmm. there. It was a circle. And it was like a well-defined circle and there was lines all around it. And I'm like, what the heck is that? And I pull up and I realize it was Krispy Kreme. It was where my, my, my wife had gone to Krispy Kreme with the kids so many times it thought it was a road. And oh, my gosh. It really, it really happened, which is, I oh don't my think, gosh. probably not good for the diabetes uh, future <laughs> of my children. No, but you know what? Um, Seriously, if that happened, think of, the, think of the implications. If that happened and you did have a problem with weight or something else and your health insurance... Mm-hmm. would be alerted that you are going to Krispy Kreme a Too many lot. times, yeah. That's a great point. And, and that, is, that is all, that data is so valuable to them that they will do everything they can to give you things so that you will give that data to them, right? Like, you know, there's a new um, uh, Google phone service out. Um, and I, you know, Don't this struck me as interesting because it. you've been so... Don't do it. Don't do anything, Google. Do not... Don't have an Android. Don't use Google Chrome. I, gotta put, you, I keep saying this. I got to put it in my Google calendar and remind myself to get yeah. myself off of Google. Yeah, I know. Um, but it's true. Like they have um, the phone service and it had like a, a, a cool feature to it. I think it was like there's like thousands of like Wi-Fi hotspots that you automatically get access to if you sign up to their plan. And I was thinking to myself, 
you know, I use so much freaking data. It would be great to have just be able to hop on Wi-Fi when you're at some, you know, wherever these things are. It's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool thing, and you don't have to learn all the passwords. It just automatically does it. And and you know what's great about that is Google <laughs> pays for all of those access mm-hmm. for your data, so they're just paying it out of the goodness of their heart. Right. They just want your life to be easier, and so this giant corporation is just paying those billions of dollars to give you all of those free uh, Wi-Fi hotspots all over the world for everybody because they're just those. They're good. They're good people. Or they found a way to make more money off of you because your information, you'll, they'll have greater access to your information. Hmm. I think it's the second one, Stu. Hmm. And you're, you're, you're just negative. You're just being negative. <laughs> I, know. I know. And it's true. I mean, like, I, I think these things a lot of times do actually make your life better. And they do. because of that, it, we are losing it's brave new world yeah it, it, you said this before you said this when we were on we were doing our stage tour you know china is doing 1984 and we're doing brave new world um and it's true we're doing this completely willingly we're giving them all the technology we're giving we're giving them all the information so they can use with their technology and you know it improves your life by like 187th of a percent and we're like eh, all right so they know where i am all the time right and 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 now predictive technology Remember I told you was yesterday there was a new thing out now that shows that they can predict there's this new scan that can predict they've only tried it on animals where an animal is going to move next and they it's a, it's an incredible thing just just look it up um, through brain waves right brain waves mm-hmm. and so they're shooting this thing at an animal and it can see their brain and the way it sees it it distorts the animal it actually like sees the movement of the animal before the animal moves. Okay. And they can predict all kinds of behavior on this. Well, this is here. They are. Here's Google saying, Hey, we're going to have predictive uh, technology too, just based on what we know about you and your friends, et cetera, et cetera, on where you're going. Just look at France. What's happening in France. This is the closest to a revolution that France has had for a long, long, long time. Um, this could end in actual revolution in France. You think with all this technology that the governments are not going to say, hey, we need to know where these people are. Mm-hmm. Of course they will. Of course they I mean, will. China's already way down that road. Way if down you tried to road. have a revolution in China right now, especially in a major city, you'd have no chance of being able to pull it off. Mm-mm. Now, again, like revolutions are a lot of times not so positive. Um, but uh, <laughs> most so, times, most times, there's most one. Times. There's one example I can think of that was pretty good. Yes, uh, here uh, mm, in America. Yeah, American Revolution. I think is the only one that that ended this way. Well, ends with the people who started, right? Yes. I mean, it's one thing to ends start. with the original goal. Yeah. and the original people. And why? A lot of times we saw this in with the uh, in Egypt and and throughout the the Arab awakening mm-hmm. um, where it was, it winds up being some other powerful group. That's not the first powerful sure. group, but not the kids. The teenagers don't wind up taking over and they're like, Oh, we're really passionate about this this week. And then now we're being crushed by the new government next week. We talked about this yesterday on the news and why it matters that this is what's happening in France could very well be what happened in Hungary. You know, it was uh, top down, bottom up, inside out. And you want that, you want that 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 core of protesters to rise, cause chaos in the streets to make everybody say to the government, you got to stop this. And so the government does. <laughs> Little do they know the government is not necessarily on their side. 
and it comes down, clamps down, and you have communist Hungary. So it ha- that's exactly how it happened in the 1950s. They did not want to be a Soviet satellite, but there were riots in the streets and enough people in high places that uh, said, you know, we've got to do this. We have to do that. And next thing you know, the Soviet tanks are rolling in and they're a communist Soviet satellite. We could see this, except this time they have the technology to stop anybody who is um, even literally even thinking that that's a good idea. All right. So as things, you know, spiral out of control, thank goodness they haven't yet really in America. Hopefully they never will. But, uh, you know, times get tough and people get desperate and they do stupid things. Um, so far, crime has gone down, uh, and that's a great thing. But, you know, that w- things change quickly. And especially if you have firearms, boy, do you need those locked up. Liberty Safe is a great American company and one of our longest-run sponsors. And uh, I am, I'm thrilled that we played a small role in helping them become the preeminent brand uh, in, in safes. When you ask about safes now... It's it's Liberty. They're the number one safe manufacturer in the in the uh, in the nation now. Two million safes. Liberty Safe. They lead the industry in technology, innovation, durability. Uh, it's LibertySafe.com. All of their full size safes comes with a lifetime warranty. Uh, it's an unbeatable product. And right now you can you can really save yourself a whole bunch of money and a headache. They offer 12-month interest-free financing on approved credit. Check out all of their deals at Liberty Safes. LibertySafe.com. LibertySafe.com. So are we going to get a <clears throat> are we going to get a government shutdown for Christmas? <clears throat> oh, we can only hope. We can only hope for such a wonderful present under the tree. I know. Tree. I mean, it would, I'd love it to shut down between now and all of uh, the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, at least what they classify as a government shutdown, which is all non-essential employees don't go to work. It, there's no no company, no organization should have a non-essential employee. What, what is it? It's a perk? What, what, what is a non-essential employee? It should be... It should be essential. If you're paying someone a salary, they should, their services should be essential in some way. Uh, well, it's I've why never... the Blaze was in trouble for a while because we hired people like Jeffy. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's essential. a great point. Uh, you know, just no, there's no reason. It's not even he's non-essential. There's just no reason. No one knows how it happened or why it happened, obviously. And it shouldn't um, matter. And he'd be the type of why person cast, who'd be furloughed. Why po- why point fingers? Well, it's you it's, know? it's well, such a it's such an amazing thing, too. It's like you take a bunch of employees and you give them a few weeks uh, off at a government shutdown because you're saying basically your jobs are not important enough we can run this whole thing without you but it's nice when you're here and then when they come back they get paid for all the time they were gone so they still wind up getting the back pay anyway they just didn't actually go to work which shows how non-essential they are i mean again the government should shrink by such a massive amount that the people that they are they don't have there's always somebody who gets affected by this and this is what the debate winds up being well this military person didn't get their pay something like that obviously those those things are essential to me um their definition of what is essential and what isn't might differ from mine Mm -hmm. but still if you are finding yourself in a place in which you're calling it non-essential they should never ever come back to work because you don't have a future in the real world you don't have a future 
If you're government, if you're not your government, but your office said, hey, you're a non-essential employee, I would beat it, man. <laughs> I would beat it because trouble comes, you ain't going to be around. You're listening to Glenn Beck.